Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Crunch Time. Almost into a dead end. Hand passed it back with the danger field. Not without a hope from 52. Danger goes whack. Hawkins in front position. Down to Stengel. Johnny on the spot. Or that'll work. Got a fist to Taylor. Fell into the lap of Parker who snaps. Doesn't get a kind bounce. Yes, he does. The first game up. Eyes lit up. Has the ball smothered. Maybe Parker can do it. Of course he can. He's got five. It to the top of the square, Danner! It was all set up for Joe. And he oh, rose up and he's handballed it as a siren went to Cockatoo. Are you for real? I wouldn't be laughing, Joe, if I were you. Got taken oh, high by Burton as he shoved the handball forward. McCarthy, the advantage paid. Brisbane in front. Well, Buddy may not have achieved his much-anticipated milestone. The Swans, though, got their season off to the perfect start against their crosstown rivals. The Gabba continues to be a fortress for the Lions as they took the four points against the Power. While at the MCG yesterday, it was the clinical cacks that demolished the Bombers. It came at a cost, though, with Jeremy Cameron taken to hospital. We will have the latest on all of that soon. But for the Bombers, it was a disastrous start to season 2022. Just a long way off. Anywhere near our best footy. And it was kind of across the board. You know, I think it's, yeah, something that probably didn't really see it coming. But, yeah, I mean, it was really, really clear what areas we need to hone in on where we need to get better and that's the contest stuff clearance contest work rate contest to contest a method around the ball but but as I said it's it's so far from what we've kind of been doing throughout our training and it's certainly not what we stand for as a as a footy club and it was yeah it was just strange from some of our more experienced players in particular that a little bit fumbly and you know slow to move which we haven't seen that a lot from them in the Yeah, well, I thought there was a couple of times throughout the game where we kind of started a match along, but you know their, their level didn't drop off. I don't think for the whole game they were they were really strong in that area, um, really seasoned, mature guys in there. And there's a couple of stages throughout the game I thought we matched them for five or ten minute periods, but couldn't get enough kind of momentum to sustain that. And yeah, it was really difficult to to build on any of that that momentum and build any scoreboard momentum as well. Nick Martin, the one shining light for the Bombers after they were demolished by the Cats yesterday. A very disappointed Ben Rutten there after he was blindsided by that performance. The Bombers now 
to regroup before they face off against the Lions in round two on Saturday next weekend. Welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. It is a beautiful morning here at the MCG. We are coming to you live from the Festival of Footy and it's a very good morning to our panel for today. I have two very happy Geelong men in Liam Pickering and Josh Jenkins with me. Pickers, welcome to you. Hello, Ned, and hello to you, uh, to the listening audience and to JJ. It's a uh, yeah, great day, beautiful day in Melbourne and we're outside enjoying a bit of the festivities here at the MCG. It's fantastic. It is lovely. JJ, welcome to you. You're coming to us from uh, South Australia today. I am. Good morning. Good morning to everyone listening. Um, crunch time on a Sunday. It's got a good ring to it, so hopefully we can uh, keep up with the Saturday crew. But um, yes, I am here in the SENSA studio, the world's hottest studio. <laughs> I, um, if I wasn't, uh, if I wasn't on the video link with you guys, I would be naked in here. It is absolutely <laughs> oh scorching. Boy. On a Sunday well, night. it's got nothing to do with what you did last night or, or yeah. anything like that, and how you're feeling this morning. No, I was the responsible uh, one who had to get up to the Twins this morning at 7, oh, so uh, I'm, I'm actually okay. feeling really good, but uh, if if Hutchie could just put a uh, air conditioner in this new building to King William Street in Adelaide, that'd be great. I'll give you a little heads up. It's your first one on crunch time. Next time, probably be at the ground, not in Adelaide. That'd be a starting point. <laughs> Working off Broadway, oh, his first appearance. <laughs> oh, didn't need to. Uh, didn't need to be there yesterday for the uh, Cats boys. They didn't miss me one bit with the uh, performance they put on against the Bombers. That was a demolition. Yeah. Very, very, very impressive yesterday. I mean, the Bombers have got a few out, and they'll, they'll get better from that, uh, as you would expect, and I think they will as the course of the year goes on. But that was a really, really good performance by the boys in the blue and white hoops. Yeah, certainly because I think a lot of the talk, especially after that final against Melbourne last year, that prelim, everyone riding the cats off. They're old, they're geriatrics, they're never going to go anywhere. The window's closing quickly. Um, they really showed yesterday that they've still got it, even though they've got that experience, those ageing stars. They've still got it. When you've got big balls in the middle like Dangerfield and what he did, especially early in the match, I thought he just he stamped the game with some real strong attack at the footy in the first quarter. And I thought he willed the, willed the ball forward. And once they got it in quickly, JJ, it was well, a whole different looking forward line when the ball gets in quickly and you've got Cameron and Hawkins early in that match. Oh, there was always a level of confidence about the matchups ahead of the ball for the Cats. You know, Laverde, if... He fights out of his weight division against Hawkins. You know, James Stewart is a... I think he's got a good future as a defender, but he hasn't played a lot of AFL footy back there. Ridley's undersized. We know he's an interceptor. So I think the boys were... Well, I know the boys were very confident that if they could get some one-on-ones, things would look pretty good for the Cats. And, yeah, albeit losing Jeremy Cameron early in the game, Hawk was just able to get off the leash. And he's just way too big, way too good, and he just understands his game. And... I just, I'm try, I've been thinking about it overnight. I just don't know a, a key forward or a, pl- a player in general at his age who continually gets better and better because his past three or four years, I, I think, would be arguably the best of his whole career. Yeah, ageing like a fine wine is Tom Hawkins. Well, he is, and I, and I think the, the beauty of Tom Hawkins is, provided he stays healthy, um, is he'll continue to play like this, I think, for a number of years till to come because... Doesn't use his pace. I mean, he's got great anticipation with his leading, but it's his body strength. And as JJ said, you know, he knows how to use his body. The players know where to put the ball to him. So he's a real handful. What about the other man up forward who was on fire, really? Jeremy Cameron. What's the latest on him, JJ? He is okay. So um, he, I think the official line is he was cleared of any internal. They just they take every single precaution these days. And I think the, the, the view is 
what's the worst that can happen or nothing bad can happen from going to hospital. So it looks it looks a little bit dire and a little bit grim. And if you're his family watching on TV, you're probably a little bit worried. But he's I think he's genuinely come out of it with um, with uh, a bad corky up on his hip pointer. And I've never really picked us. I don't know whether you had a really, really bad hip pointer in your career, but... Um, he, yeah, from, from what he said last night to me, there's no rib or no issue or anything like that. It was just purely that, uh, that, uh, that hip pointer. So I dare say the fact that he was taken to hospital in the ambulance, that could and may, very well may come up in the team meetings this week. Yeah. Will, will he play next week? <laughs> Well, you can miss, you can certainly miss games with bad corkies, particularly on the quick backup. Cats have got the Friday night game against Sydney, so that's a quick backup. Got some travel in there. He won't train much or at all, but um, yeah, he can certainly miss next week. But I think it's far too early to tell. It just depends on how quickly he can sort of get that thing going. But um, as I said, the boys will have a bit of fun at his expense because uh, when you go to hospital for a corky, you've got to pay the price. Well, everyone has to pay the piper at some stage, uh, JJ. We all know that. A very, a very uh, impressive yesterday was Stengel's first game with the Cats. Oh, he looked really excellent. sharp and he's one of those small fours. With Grindmeyer's out at the moment, I mean, he's the sort of player they need in that spot. Four goals, three, 20 touches. And his career essentially looked over when he was sacked twice. by the Crows <laughs> twice for all those off-field incidents, but went away in the sample last year. 44 goals from 19 games, you know, helping Woodville West Torrens to that premiership. I mean, he was excellent yesterday. I reckon he's going to be one of the recruits of the year. Yeah, I do. I agree. I think he's, he's just going to fit in nicely with what they've got in the taller brigade. Radigalia, Hawkins obviously Cameron as well, and you need those crummy players. Myers will come back into the team when he's fit, and you have him, and close mm. plays a really important role. He seemed to be up the ground a bit more yesterday. So now I like what they did with the team. They certainly moved the ball quicker, JJ, forward to centre. Yeah, well, I think I think there's certainly... I think the intention's there most years to start the season and play a bit quicker, but I think it's a genuine intention. And you know, even a shift away, if you look at the coaching staff, you know, Matty Scarlett, he's a sensational defensive-minded coach, but I think there's just a, a more attacking mindset across the whole coach's box, and give Hawk and give Jezza and, you know, Tyson Stengels, they've got, the Cats have got great small players, but they're kind of role-playing small forwards pickers, they're not really goal-scoring, you know, they're not probably capable of stepping up and kicking three, four or five goals like Stengel did yesterday, so um, yeah, he certainly fit in really nicely, and he showed it a couple of times now, he was really impressive against Richmond in that practice match, kicking four goals as well, so I guess the challenge will be for him as he gets more attention to, to be able to continue. Not, yeah, we don't expect him to kick four every week, but hit the scoreboard and, and, uh, and play that pressuring sort of role close to goal next to Hawk. I want to ask you about Patrick Dangerfield because 31 disposals is clearly breathed on ground, a goal, eight clearances. Is he back to his best? I know it's one game, but he just looked fresh, fit. Last year, he was just so banged up with those hand and ankle issues. He just looks back. He's one of the, one of the bull, big bull inside midfielders, isn't he? And the other one we saw was, was Thursday night was Patrick Cripps. Oh. They just look different when, yeah. they're, when they're fit. fit yeah. So you look at Paddy Cripps when he's running around like he did, and you could tell in the preseason he was in good yeah. nick. And Danger looks exactly the same. And he causes carnage at stoppages. If Dangerfield doesn't get it, I'll tell you what, it's not easy to get it for the opposition. That's the one thing I will say about it. He doesn't get pushed off the ball at all. Uh, I thought he looked fantastic. He was clearly the best player on the ground for mine yesterday. Uh, I, look, he's played at a high level for a long time, so it's not really a surprise for me. But I'm not sure anyone would be doubting uh, that he's still got plenty of good footy left in him. Were you, any, were you concerned that he's best had passed him by pickers? I, you know, I mean, he's a very, no. very close friend of mine. I was just worried the way he plays. I thought... 
has he still got the power? Has he still got the burst? Um, he'd never, he'd never concede it because he's such a competitor. But were you, were you concerned that perhaps he, his best had just been behind him? It's only one game, but certainly he showed that he can be the dominant midfielder that he's been. No, I was, I was never concerned. I just think you summed it up. I mean, such a great competitor that, uh, and he's still got his speed. I mean, he's got his speed, and he's going to be competing. I mean, he's still going to be a star player, and he's going to be one of the best in the competition. So, no, I wasn't concerned at all. I mean. You know, that midfield, you know, the older blokes at Geelong, and, and they'll get a few back to catch. Let's not forget, they've got mm. Menegol, Duncan, Buse. There's a, there's a few really good players to come back into that team um, that's going to strengthen it again. So fighting for spots this year, there'll be a lot of the periphery-type players thinking, hang on a minute, we're in a good team. We're playing pretty well, but <laughs> someone's got to go out of this team because Duncan's coming straight back in, yep. and so is, uh, so is Buse. There's two coming straight back when, they, when they're fit. So when they're past fit to play. So I'm not sure where they're all at, but no, very good. The Bombers, on the other hand, well, they were, they were just off. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday morning, didn't we, JJ, that you thought if the Cats kicked 15 goals, there's no way the Bombers would get there. Well, they kicked 11, and they mm. got five of them in the last quarter. So their, their scoring power was always going to be an issue yesterday. Yeah, it was, and it was on full display. I mean, they, if you had have said in the lead-in, they were going to get five from a debutante, you'd think, well, they're a big show here, but they only get six from the rest of the team. And... Oh, uh, not, 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 you know, alarm bells aren't quite ringing, but I, that play on with Ben Rutten, there was certainly some, you know, that caught them, that genuinely caught them off guard yesterday, that performance, and he was talking about some of his more senior players, and when you talk about, when he says, you know, slow to move, that's, I reckon that's that mm. defensive staff, that inability or, or, or slow to, to make decisions to run and defend and just watching one of the footy shows earlier and they're highlighting some of their really senior players, their captain and those guys who just weren't transitioning back the way that they should be and the way that they need to be. And sometimes, you know what, it happened to us actually in round one. We came over here, the Cats, and played against Adelaide in a game we were expected to win and we were just off and got absolutely blown off the puck. So it can happen early. You can just be that little bit off. But yeah, he was, um, he was certainly worried, the big truck. Well, they were overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed early by the by the aggression of the Geelong midfield. I thought they just dominated. I mean, Draper's getting his hands on the ball in the middle. They couldn't get a clearance, yeah. Yeah. so they got absolutely smashed at stoppage. Look, oh, they'll be all right. They're going to be a good team. I got, I got no well, doubt. What are your yeah. expectations? Oh, for I think they're going to be in the eight. Yeah, I think they'll make win the a eight. final for the first oh, time in like. You know what, Nat? If they're in a if they're in a yeah, if they're in a in a final, they'd want to be winning more than one. Because I tell you what, all everyone talks about is win a final, but at the end of the day, what's the point of winning a final? Mm. <laughs> you might as well, you either, you either win them and keep going, yep. or you don't. You know, so you know, I hear the same about Carlton. You know, I just got to win a final. Like, why? What's winning a final mean? It doesn't mean anything. It means that then they're out the next week. Yeah, exactly. Get thing. that momentum. But they've obviously got personnel issues to the Bombers at the moment. No, Jake Stringer still battling a groin injury. He trained yesterday, so I think they are hopeful of getting him back against. Brisbane obviously kicked 41 goals last season, so it was crucial not having him there. Um, McDonald, Tip and Woody also on the sidelines after taking personal leave earlier in the year. Not quite ready to get back on there. And Kyle Langford does his hamstring. Yeah, that um, was a, so that, that's a bad out, wasn't it, yeah. Kyle Langford? He's a good player for them. So, look, I've, I've, got, I've got a real big rap on Eston as a team. I, I think they've got so, many, so much young talent. Uh, I think there's still a couple of areas of their game they've got to get a, bit, a little bit better, but I think the future's bright. I really do. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kick in the guts first up yeah. when, you get, when you get hammered like that. And I've been on the end of hammerings when I was playing and, you know, team ended up making the grand final. So, you know, that can happen. You can come it out. is round one. Ra- I think round you one. don't want to get carried away. It's just round one. It's one game of football and it was against a very, very good side. Correct. Football. And they're playing against a team that's going to be up and around the mark again. We all know that. I think the people that... 
We're all saying Geelong too old. They're not going to make the finals. I think they're dreaming. I think the Cats will be riding amongst it again. I'm in fact, in fact, I'm bullish about this year. I've been having this argument with Benny Lyon, our, our producer here, who's mad <laughs> Melbourne, of course, and all he craps on about. But in fact, he's put on our, our WhatsApp page for our Sunday crunch time. He put a photo of himself in there in a Melbourne jumper. I mean, it's just. <laughs> and I've got and this, this is I'm surrounded here, uh, JJ, because you're in Adelaide. I've got no real support. I've got Melbourne to one side. I've got Nat, who went to the Hawthorne Open training session during the week, if you can believe it. Hey, hey. <laughs> Just doing my research. Apparently slash, I wanted Guernsey to see the too. players. Had a had a horse jumper on. Yeah, always. Had a horse on jumper. On. Then she told me before, and that tells me that when when Silvery Oli announced his retirement, she burst into tears. Of course I did. It was an emotional day, Biggers. It's Cyril. Oh, I do. I do laugh. I am one I, of the big nuffies. Yeah, well, there you go. So everyone's got, <laughs> a, okay. got a got a leaning to somewhere, and we've. I mean, people will be listening. Go. Are we going to stop crapping on about Geelong? We will. We'll start getting on well, to the other team shortly. I do want to talk about Nick Martin. JJ, I mean, five goals on debut. 25 days ago, he signs with Essendon as an SSP signing. Wasn't even on an AFL list in December. Have you seen a better debut? (laughs) Well, I I don't know whether we've... Yeah, I'm sure we go back 40, 50, 60, 80 years. There's been debuts as good or better statistically. But this is your your (laughs) space pickers. I'm interested in your view on this. Like... I think this speaks to the, the fact that he was put on their list 25 days ago. It's such a great story, and it's been completely overshadowed because the team, you know, the team got absolutely destroyed. But because isn't it? Aren't these great stories that perhaps we can have every so often? We're not going to have guys come in and play, you know, play after being on the on the list for a month and dominate. But players to be able to come in 15 days, 20 days, two months before that, you know, and, and and play AFL footy and contribute. I think it's fantastic for the game to be able to open it up because traditionally you had to be drafted in November or whatever and you couldn't play. So oh, I think this is a great story. Yeah, it's a fantastic story. I agree. And I think we'll see a little bit more of it. We've had two years, remember, of no junior footy basically yeah. in Victoria for a starting point. So they've played, some of these kids have played seven games in two years. So you're taking it a little bit on what they did when they were 16. The other kids, even the Jack Hayes scenario, they've oh. been playing footy. And so they're a bit older, no problems, but... At the end of the day, they're ready to go. There's plenty of good footballers out there that can step in, give it an opportunity, but it's just very hard. There's not, not that many draft picks anymore. So this is, a, this is a mechanism, the SSP and the mid-season draft, where we can find players. You look at that mid-season draft, I can think of two. Will Snelling's one, uh, and the other one is Johnny Noble. Came in mm. two years ago. Hardly missed a beat yeah. since. Mm. I've been brilliant Snelling, for Collingwood. Snelling, I reckon, finished second than the best and fairest for the Bombers last year. So... There are different ways to get there. So my view, and this is my advice to all the kids that get overlooked, don't drop your bundle when you're a kid. If you're 18 and you get overlooked and you've hardly played for two years, fight it out at the VFL level. The opportunity will come if you work hard enough. So that's the advice that I give to players that get overlooked because it's not all. Not every kid gets drafted at 18 and immediately but becomes But you all don't develop at the same rate either. Sometimes exactly. it just takes a little bit longer, maturity, life experience, whatever it is. Yeah, correct. You know, it takes longer for certain people to get there. I wonder if this is going to be one that comes back to bite West Coast because Nick Martin actually trained with them last pre-season. He was overlooked for a spot, but... Geez, you look at their list now and, and what's going on with no players. It could be another Tim Kelly uh, situation. Well, the old Italian stallion himself and Rob, Adrian Dodoro and, um, and Rob Forster Knight, they've, they've found one there with Nick Martin. And Adrian will take all the, all the credit, but I'm sure it's probably Rob that did it, <laughs> even though Adrian will take the credit. Oh, Adrian, <laughs> he's, a, he's that, a master. I want to get he? that back to him. <laughs> he's a master. He's a master. But they, yeah. the, the important thing is they found a, they found a, a contributor. You know, we, 
again, we will not expect him to have 27 and kick five perhaps ever again, but um, hopefully they've found a contributor in their front half because um, they desperately need some, some goal-scoring power in that front half. With you know, They've lost 60 or 65 goals with Hooker and McDonald, Tip and Woody not being there. Stringham will hopefully come back, but they desperately need goal-scoring power and he's uh, started off in fine fashion. How many weeks is Stringer away? Will he be back for next week now? I think they're hoping that he'll be back for next week. And Tip and Moody's probably still a couple away, Yeah, he? he just needs conditioning. So, yeah, okay. So he's just got to strip a bit of weight off. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, okay. Well, they make a big difference. Massive. You, th- you throw back Jake Stringer into that side. I th- that would have made a difference yesterday, but uh, he's a difficult matchup, Jake Stringer. But And Tip and Moody's a really good yeah. player. He's a so really exciting. player. So exciting. Last year, he was started the year on fire. He was excellent. Um, Sam Draper, any issues for him? Did you see that incident with Asava Radagalia? JJ, uh, he mm. might come under match review office scrutiny there for a well, he looked like he shaped a spoil, but he, he strikes <laughs> Sava in the yeah. stomach, so oh. I'm not sure how he's going to go with that one. I reckon this is a, a good case study early in the season to see how serious they are about stamping out, you know, punching and those sorts of things, because it's a, it's a round um, punch to the guts to someone who's not really expecting that type of contact, so I think, yeah. Guys from 15, 20 years ago would say, "Ah, come on, you know, you, you, he's open. He deserves it's an opportunity to to make your presence felt." But the uh, the AFL and Brad Scott have said they want to stamp out punching, so it will be interesting. I, I think I probably think if they if they are fan income and they want to follow the line, I think they might set a precedence and give him a week for that. Well, Dougal Howard got two thousand dollar fine yesterday. That came out in the match review officer's findings for a similar-ish incident. Yeah. Mm. It's probably a finable offence for mine. I'm not a suspension. But if you if you start suspending players, then you stamp it out. Yeah, yeah well, you right. do. You do. Because two thousand dollars means nothing. Well, well to, it would to me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe to you. Well, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure how much they're paying you at AFL.com, but bingo. <laughs> the thing is, if you want to get rid of it, that's how you get rid of it. If, you, if, you de- if you're dead serious and, you know what, a couple of people have got to pay the price for the rest to learn, I, I think they, w- I think they can, can rub him out. But maybe they have set the precedent already with Dougal getting a... Getting a fine, so yeah. I mean, they, they, they I guess they, they do talk tough in terms of punches at the start of the year, and then you know the first one that comes up, they get a fine. So maybe it is just a fine. Who knows? All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side of this, we're going to talk about the Battle of the Bridge and oh, Buddy. You're listening to Crunch Time for Red Energy Moving House. Call local energy retailer Red Energy and Regional Development Victoria. You're listening to Crunch Time. Brought to you by the Isuzu D-Max. Born to live. Great to have your company on Crunch Time on this wonderful Sunday morning. It is going to be a brilliant day here at the MCG for Hawthorne and North Melbourne. We will get to that game in the next hour or so. Nat Edwards, Liam Pickering and Josh Jenkins with you. We'll be taking calls all weekend on the Kogan open line. Make the call. Switch to Koga Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with a big 20 gig of data. I want to talk now about the Battle of the Bridge because this was an absolutely cracking game, Pickers. That first half, it was raining goals. Yeah, it was fantastic. They're two really good teams. I mean, the young Swans and the young Giants, I mean, they're both pretty, pretty, uh, pretty young teams and the Swans with a couple out too. Remember, they, they mm. lost a couple before the game with COVID concerns and Josh Kennedy playing off a half-back line. It was a different sort of look up a look yep. that they had in, the, in the, uh, the way they set up the Swans. Oh, full credit to them. I mean, the Giants looked on top probably for the first three quarters, really, and then the Swans got rolling. 
the second part of the third quarter and then the last quarter. It was a belter of a game. It was probably, the, in my view, it was the, the, yeah, get, the game game of the round. Yeah, yeah so far. So, and, we, and we've had some beauties. Buddy didn't get the 1,000 mark. He's on 996 goals. Just the one goal yesterday, eight disposals. Phil Davis, full credit to Phil. Jeez, I, I, we have to take our hats off to him. I thought he was cooked at the end of last year, quite honestly. I, I wasn't sure he'd go around again. He did a stellar job on Buddy Franklin. Yeah, he did, and you, you look at it. You know, I thought I saw the matchup. And I thought, nah, Phil, you're gonna have you're gonna have because I was like you. I thought he was. I thought he was gone last year. I thought he's he's running around like he's got you know a wooden leg. To be honest, he he, he really yeah. looked like he was he was struggling to keep up. But he did a fantastic job on Bud. I think it's all part of the cunning plan. I think he's going to bang four home against the Cats this Friday night at the oh. home ground. That's what I think. Uh, JJ, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, let's hope not from our point of view. But yeah, it'll be, it, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great countdown, isn't it? Um, it would have been uh, it would have been nice to have seen him do it in the Battle of the Bridge. But I mean, from the from the Swans' point of view, they've actually got to be thrilled that they get seventeen goals. Well, sorry, sixteen goals from players other than Lance Franklin. That's that's the highlight for them. And again, they don't expect five goals every week from Luke Parker. But to have some versatility, because you know, often it has been. Franklin, Papley, or Bust in terms of that forward half when Heaney's missed games. So, you know, it's a, it was an interesting it's an interesting stat sheet this one from a team perspective because the Giants pretty much won every statistical category, and the ones that they didn't win were pretty much even. They won contested possession. They had more of the footy. They had way more uncontested possessions. They had more marks. Had more marks inside fifty, but in the end, they just weren't as efficient going inside fifty as the Swans. So. Uh, the Giants, Giants will be a little bit... They've got a lot to come back as well. Pickers, Toby Green, Jesse Hogan. They'll, they'll get some firepower back, but it's one that they probably feel got away from them. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a good rivalry building up between those two, as we know. And, yeah, I thought Heaney... Heaney's just got that, that factor about him, hasn't he? He's just signed a big, big, new, big new deal, yep. long-term deal. X-factor. He's got that. He, he's a good player when he goes in the middle of the ground, but he's really a forward, I think, that can play some mid rather than the other way around. And he's so dangerous forward of the ball because he's... He's a really tricky matchup because he's got good pace, very good overhead, and he knows where the goals are. Ollie Florence, the other one for mine player. too. JJ, three goals yeah. for him as well. I mean, it's just a luxury to have, you know, those guys going forward as well, kicking goals, and Luke Parker just sitting there. I'm going to rest up forward and, and kick five goals. Yeah, they've they've just got a they've got a, a wealth of of young. They all sort of similar size, similar stature, but they're crafty, they're clever. They're really they've got a great development program out there. They bring their young guys through and they, they have three they never just have one or two. They've always got three, four or five who come through and, and really make an impact. The other guy that needs a mention and we spoke about him a fair bit last year, he, he's the best value recruit across the last or well, past few years, Tom Hickey in the ruck. Another yeah. sixteen disposals. He had a he had seven clearances, thirty three hit outs. He's just he's just he was completely gone a few times. Talk about Phil Davis being gone from a health perspective, but Tom Hickey has had a few goes at different clubs and has looked, you know, down and out on multiple occasions. He is a genuine number one ruck at the Swans, and again yesterday he was so impactful with 16 touches and 33 hitouts. Well, he's been a big recruit for them. There's no doubt about that. He he's usually a first year performer. He's like a horse, good horse first up. His first year at every club he's been at has been excellent. Yep. And then he's sort of fallen away, but it looks like he's really going to put his foot down. I know he's a very popular player internally at the club. Looking at the Swans, I don't think there's a better group of young ones than they've got in the AFL than the Swans. And you just flick through them. Rowbottom, he's going to be a beauty. Florent, as you mentioned, Nick Blakey, Gould and Mills are still young. Um, Campbell, Stevens, McInerney's a really good mm. player. McDonald's going to be a star. 
I just think, and then you're throwing Wagner and these guys, sorry, Warner and these guys that weren't playing. Look, I think, uh, I just think they've got so much to work with. It's, it's so exciting. I, I reckon they'll get a full house next week at the SCG. I, re- I honestly reckon they'll get nearly 50,000 there. Well, it was a little well, disappointing to only have 25, wasn't it, there yesterday, what? JJ? Well, I thought we were done with that stadium. What, what's the go there, Nat? How come we're playing footy back out at, at, uh, out at Stadium Australia or whatever it's called? What, what's the go there? I have no idea. It was an interesting choice. I Quirky. would have preferred to play at the SCG, I think, if I was the Swans. Well, but it was there. Who's, was it? Oh, was it the Giants no, it was home the Gi- game? Giants yeah, it was the Giants home game. game. But, but why but wouldn't they still, use Giants stadium? That's right. It can still accommodate. I think you can get up around 25,000 in that stadium. Yeah. Can they not? Like, as a player pickers, you'd, it doesn't matter. Like, MCG is a great place to play footy, but you'd rather play at a stadium. You know, you'd rather play at Optus Oval in a full house than play at the MCG when it's got 20,000 in the house. Like, you want to play in stadiums that are full no matter how. How uh, how small they are. So it seemed like a really strange um, fixturing decision that one. But I'm sure well, there's a I'm sure there's a commercial reality there. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not sure what the reason is. I honestly don't know. But all I know is that they are playing at the SCG. They're playing against the Cats, and they're playing it. I think in front of they'll get forty to fifty thousand next week. So you're tipping, but he's going to get yep. four goals next week. JJ, yep. what are you thinking? Because I, I feel like it's going to be Marvel Stadium round three against the Dogs, and it'll be shades back to you know two thousand and where everyone ran on to Marvel. I was there, by the I way. I was there, I too. On. I didn't run on. I was there. <laughs> what um, do you reckon? Yeah, well, I mean, four, what's he? He averages three point something a game. So the uh, the law of averages would suggest he'll get, he'll be there or thereabouts, and he'll be fired up by the fact that, you know, we're talking about the fact that Phil Davis uh, took his number yesterday. So, yeah, he'll be fired up. He's, I think he's had a pretty good record against the Cats, because you probably know better than me, but um, oh, there's a few t- t- guys... No, I'm not so sure his record against the Cats is that good. Um, yeah, but I, I think Tom Lonigan normally. Well, that's, <laughs> that's... Been, it's going to be tricky because Tom's been retired for four years now. But yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd say that Blixarves will play on him or um, maybe Jack Henry even. You know, Jack was a bit fumbly yesterday, but I think he's maybe an option. Or oh, Young DeConning might get the chance. Well, well, he, uh, no, no, I think he... he'll be out with concussion. Yeah. Right? Oh, he's got the concussion. Yeah, he'll miss. He has too. I'd say he'll yeah. miss, yeah, gone yeah, into will. the uh, concussion protocols, which is a shame because... Um, yeah, everyone was so keen to see him get a game in round one and really assert himself. And he did a couple of things early yesterday. I thought, yeah, you just belong at the level. You look like you're going to be a long-term player. So that's a shame for him. But he'll he'll uh, get over that and come back, hopefully. Well, I'll tell you what, if Bud kicks a couple early, the crowd will build. Be if word gets, around, word gets around down there in Oxford Street, hang on, the big, do- the big dog's got a couple in the first quarter. But the, what I liked is that Sydney wasn't too buddy conscious yesterday. There were a couple of moments where they've looked up, they've seen him and then thought, nah, I'm not going that option. And I think it was it, Braden Campbell just went for goal himself and kicked one. It's difficult to do, though, because I remember speaking to Clark about this. He said he's such a presence when yeah. he comes out, he puts his arms out and he's on yep. the lead. All you see is buddy. It. So he, he sort of demands the ball. So players look up in the middle of the ground, they just kick to what they see and they see a big six foot six arm span guy running flat yeah. out at him so they kick it to him but yeah they were not as focused yesterday on him as they normally are hey we spoke earlier about patrick cripps and patrick dangerfield two big bodied midfielders tom green at the giants mm. 31 disposals two goals i just love this kid he is a man mountain and he actually went in the ruck at one point yesterday which just made me laugh but he was everywhere he is going to be a star yeah agree with that yeah i think that's the beauty of the giants midfield is yeah you know, he's at the work for his spot hasn't he mm. like because they've got so many others in there and so many real quality players you look at taranto and hopper and Cornelio and obviously kelly and these guys whitfield um, so he's at the he's been made to work for his spot, but 
You're right. He's a, he's a difficult matchup because he's so tall. Yeah. That's the other thing. He's, he's a first possession player. He has got a bit of Crips about him. If he ends up being as good as Crips, he'll be very, very happy. Yeah, no, he's certainly one to watch for the Giants for mine. JJ, what did you make of the Giants forward line? I know we talked about the inefficiency going in there. I think in the, the last half, they only converted like 13% of their mm. inside 50s into goals. But obviously, Toby Green's missing. But what I mean, Tim Taranto spent a little bit more time up there. Probably not the best kick at goal yesterday. What have you made of their other options? Because you can't solely rely on Toby Green and Jesse Hogan, given Jesse is so unreliable with his body. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to be a work in progress for them. And, and like the Bombers, they'll probably have to manufacture goals. They'll rely heavily on goals from their midfield. They they don't typically get many goals from the ruck. It's always handy if you if you can get one or two goals from your, your your two ruckmen per game. But they're going to have to manufacture goals. So you know, Josh Kelly's going to need to kick goals. Stephen Canilio at his absolute best. Where you know, we think back to two or three years ago, he would sort of be a run with midfielder, and then he'd go to full forward and play a little bit of. He'd play a bit, you know, one out for for periods of the game pickers, and he'd be a really awkward matchup. He'd kick one off the ground, or he'd outbody someone and take a mark. So. Things like that, I, I would presume they're going to have to rely upon until some of their their, their guns come back or some of their, their younger forwards develop. Well, they had those two, the, the, the taller players, but they've lost one of them to Port Adelaide, of course, Finlayson. But mm. Himmelberg's the other one. He's kicked three yesterday. So he was good. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a nice... He's not a big forward, but he's a, he is a taller forward. Uh, but he's not your real big forward. So... Matt Flynn can go down there and take a mark every what now and then. What about Riccardi? Where do you think he's at? Oh, I don't mind Riccardi, but again, he's a, they're sort of like your six yeah. forwards. They're not, they're not the big, big bulking forwards, um, which means that, as JJ said, you know, you put Tom, you put Toby Green back in the forward line. It looks a lot better yeah. already. And then you put Cam, um, Jeremy... Jesse Hogan. Jesse Hogan. Oh, yeah. Jesse Hogan into the forward line as well. Then all of a sudden you've got you've got a different looking forward line. Canelio is a difficult matchup, but he's just not quite the Canelio he was from three years mm. ago. Um, as a player, and I think you'll get that back once he gets into the midfield a bit more, but it's just difficult getting midfield time because they've got so many of them. Yeah, they mm. certainly do. They're very, very sport for choice. And we can't forget, Nick Haynes didn't play yesterday either for well, the Giants. He's one of their best players. He's got, you know, that stomach issue, which has come up. They're having to do a little bit more investigation. Apparently, it's been bothering him for the last four or five weeks. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, well, he's a very, very talented player. He's, yeah, uh, they missed him dearly. He's an All-Australian half-back, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Yep. Now, I would think if you were saying who's the... He'd be in the top five players at the club, in my view. And they've got some real good players, like Toby Green, not one, yep. clearly. Kelly, him. I mean, you go through them, they've got some really talented players. But I'd have, I'd have um, Nick Haynes, certainly in the top five. JJ, where do you see the Giants this year? Like, what are your expectations for them? Um, yeah, they're one that it's a I... a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, there's a fair few that, that, that seem like they're going to be hard to get a read on. They're, look, they've kicked a winning score yesterday. Let's not forget. They've, mm. they've, um, they've done enough to win the game, but they just haven't been no, able to do so. No, they didn't um, kick a winning score. No, they, well, they, they, kicked, they, they kicked 13 goals and the opposition kicked 17. Uh, JJ, just a heads up, that's not a winning score. Well, if they kick, if they kick that many uh, most weeks as defences start to improve, um, they're going to they're gonna win enough games doing that. But, uh, yeah, I really don't know. I just I had a look through their, their list and they just don't have key forwards on their list. So, so much is going to fall upon the shoulders of... We know Green, and Green will, will come to the fore. He'll do his thing. He'll be around the, the mark as an all-Australian sort of medium-sized forward. But so much is going to fall on Jesse Hogan. So maybe their fortunes actually will rest on the shoulders of whether Hogan's body and form can stand up because they just don't have a lot on their list that can 
that can sort of come in and, and, and kick 35 or 40 goals. Maybe Himmelberg can, but he hasn't traditionally been a high or a, a large goal scorer. So, yeah, they're going to be a good side, but I just wonder what it looks like for them going forward. Well, Jesse might be back in round two. I think he played an hour in a VFL Pracky match yesterday, and it's just more that soft tissue soreness, I believe. So he might be back. But Richmond next week, too. Ooh. He'll be bouncing, trying to bounce back strongly. Yeah, after. but you wouldn't rush him. Not, not Jesse Hogan. No, you you're, wouldn't. You're going to be cautious. Gee, you play the Tigers. One of the teams is going to be Norton, too, after, after two games. It's not the start you really want. It's Richmond and Giants at the MCG. They've got, some, they've got some horrible memories of playing them. Oh, Richmond at the MCG. <laughs> I, don't, I think they've erased those from their memory. All right, you're listening to Crunch Time for Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Answer the camel's call. Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops will be back after this quick break to chat about all things Brisbane, Port Adelaide. You're listening to Crunch Time, brought to you by Isuzu. Go your own way with the three-litre Isuzu D-Max and extraordinary seven-seat MUX. Hope you've been enjoying round one of the 2022 AFL season. Nat Edwards, Liam Pickering and Josh Jenkins here for Buy My Stock. Got excess stock. Visit buymystock.com.au. Brisbane and Port Adelaide last night. And I'm starting to watch this game thinking, oh, my goodness. This After watching Sydney GWS, JJ, I was thinking to myself, I can't believe we're backing up with, with this game. It was a, a tough start. Slippery, tough conditions as well at the Gabba. But the Lions, their 28th win at the Gabba out of their past 32 encounters there. It just continues to be a fortress for them, doesn't it? Indeed, it's a uh, it's a tough place to play the Gabba, particularly at this time of year when it's still warm and slippery. It's basically a, a wet game, and um, I think that was the only thing that sort of was a, was a bit of a setback. It sort of came into round one thinking this is the sneaky sort of good game of the or best game of the round, and a lot of the focus was on the Wednesday Thursday night games. But these are two premiership aspirants. Um, I just, I just wonder about Port Adelaide. Do they pickers? Do they, do they always need things to be absolutely perfect for them to, to capitalise? Do, do they do enough? Do they do enough winning when the circumstances are against them? Like, you know, four from thirty-two at the Gabba. Like, are they a team who can really go and win a game on the road or win in a big game and win in a big spot and do enough just to get over the hump? That's what worries me, or, or that's what I'm um, questioning with the power. We can understand why you would be questioning that because their record at the Gab is horrendous. And I heard one of their players talk about during the week, we haven't got a great record up there. Well, they were in a winning position. They blew it, really. They were 24 points up during the third quarter and they ended up falling away and, and the Brisbane got hold of them. So, yeah, questions to be asked again about the, the, the power's ability to win against good teams on the road. Um, I think they're a good team. I think they're a good home and away team. They're very hard to beat at, at, in Adelaide, but they've got to start putting, pulling a couple of those wins out against quality opposition on the road. Yeah. Like, you know, go and, go and beat, you know, Sydney at Sydney. Go and beat Geelong at Geelong. You know, come, come to Melbourne and the MCG and beat Richmond or beat Essendon or beat, you know, one of the big teams. So, um, yeah. So, look, I, I mean, I, feel, I feel, think they're going to still be around the mark, Port Adelaide, but it's round one. You know, I think overall the effort was pretty good, um, but they didn't get it done when they had the opportunity to. Well, I think the main concern for Port Adelaide, if you're... Um 
you know, Ken Hinckley was the injuries that came out of last night's game because, as you say, they did put in a performance just falling away late in that game. I think maybe a bit of fatigue played a part in that given it was round one. But Trent McKenzie stretched it off with what looked to be Mm. a a serious knee injury. I think at this stage an ACL has been ruled out. That's what Ken kind of intimated in his press conference. That's what they're hopeful of. It's not the worst. But Xavier Dersma, collarbone injury as well. And then you had Connor Rosie, I think, rolled an ankle. Um, Alira Lear at one point came off with a, a foot issue as well. So they're a little bit banged up and it's it's only round one. Mm, not, not, not an ideal way to start when you're losing players on the way through. But uh, Port Adelaide next week, where do they go? Port Adelaide, they've got Hawthorne at home. They'll, they'll win that next Saturday night, you'd think. Oh, sorry, sorry Nat. Sorry, Nat. I think they'll win that <laughs> at home next Saturday night. Off. Come on, well, just, I no. just think that they might struggle against Port Adelaide <laughs> just at home. Just slightly. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, they, they can bounce back. I mean, it's a long season. We know it's round one, and we, we dissect round one like it's life and death, really. It's one of 22, so... Um, yeah, you want to get away to a good start. And, yeah, we're going to question teams and, and put in a shocker. Port didn't put a shocker in. No. They just, they just fell away at the end, and they lost players along the way. So uh, they'll bounce back pretty hard, I would have thought, next week. JJ, I want to talk to you about Joe Danaher because we absolutely love what he's able <laughs> to produce. Four goals last night. He took an absolute hanger just before half time. He was about 10 metres out, directly in front, and then he handballs... <laughs> to Nakaya Cockatoo oh. as the siren went. There were three seconds left and everyone's just sitting there going, that probably just sums up Joe Danaher. Brilliance and then a little bit of, you know, silliness. Silliness. On the side. It silliness a- on the side. <laughs> I'm going to be semi-serious just for a moment. It actually sums up Brisbane and it is, it's, it is the question mark that I think a lot of us, but I certainly have over Brisbane, is their composure and ability to think their way through those situations. They've, they've kicked inaccurately in a lot of big games and a lot of finals, and it's cost them finals, particularly at home. And you've, you, you've just... Look, Joe, maybe he's come down from that high. He's taken a big screamer, and you can understand him being a little bit excited and potentially seeing Nakaya Cockatoo, someone that they want to bring into the game as much as possible. But what about the four teammates standing around him, screaming at him, saying... Take your shot, take your 30, take your 30. Just go yeah. back and have a shot. Like They must look up and see 30 minutes gone, 29 minutes gone, and think, well, there's not long enough. <laughs> well, there mightn't be long to go at all, and that's that's what happens. And in all seriousness, Pickers, if they had have lost that game by a few points or a, a goal and a half, we'd be actually thinking, what on God's green earth was he doing? We can mm. smile about it, and he can smile about it because they won. But if they didn't win, it would have been pretty serious. Well, I'm not sure what Chris Fagan would have said to him, He's such a he's such a friendly, likable sort of guy, Joe mm. Danner. He's always got a smile on his dial, and I'm sure they probably went, bloody hell, Joe, that's just Joe doing Joe things. Yeah. But, yeah, it can be really costly when you're not really tuned into the time of the game. I mean, as a player, you've got to know how long there is to go. You've got to, have a, you've got to sense what <laughs> the right awareness. thing to do is. And as you said, his teammates were saying to him, just go back and kick the goal. He was at the top of the goal square. Like, it wasn't like he was 25 metres out. There might be a little bit of, well, you know what? I'd rather give it to Nakaya. I think what you're saying is right, JJ. I think he's probably more happy to get Nakaya into the game. But as much as anything, it's probably, look, do I trust myself from here? He has got the ability to miss a few. Yeah, look, I mean, Joe Danaher, though, you just you can't help but love him. 
Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan. You, you just can't. I mean, he does oh, that. Yeah. I don't reckon he does that again uh, for the rest of the season. I think he's probably learnt his lesson, that's for sure. Imagine what this Brisbane forward line is going to look like, though, when Eric Hipwood comes back into the side. Wait, he might be back this year, will he? Surely. No, I reckon, because it, what was it, May that he did it last year? Was or was it, just, it later? I think it was just before the finals. Oh, was it later than that? I, I reckon, oh, if he comes back, it looked they, Late. Late, I think it'll be late seasons. I, I don't think I wouldn't be holding my head on him doing too much this year, coming off a knee. You know, that's my <laughs> personal view. Yeah. They well, did look Adam o- Tomlinson comes back in 10 months, so you never yeah, know. Sorry, Jason. They, they looked yeah. okay. They looked okay with the two rucks. I know Chris Fagan's been keen on that on that two rucks, sort of having, you know, they played Steph Martin and Oscar McInerney. Darcy fought in his first game for the Lions. He mm. only had six touches, but he hit the scoreboard. He kicked a couple of goals, and they dominated the hitouts. I think they had 60 hitouts or 50 hitouts to about 26 from Port Adelaide. So, you know, maybe without Hipwood, uh, it allows Dunahan not to have to go into the ruck. He's the primary key forward, and then they can play those two rucks, which is not something many teams like to do, but Brisbane certainly have liked to have played those two rucks, and great to see an ex-teammate of mine, Darcy Fort, getting an opportunity as well. How do you reckon he'll go up there, Darcy Fort? He didn't. He struggled for opportunities here. The Cats were keen to keep him. In the end, the opportunity to go and be the, you know, the, the number two at Brisbane and more opportunity is the reason he left. Yeah, I think he just was was starved of opportunity. The, the Cats certainly prioritised big Reece Stanley and, and Asava Radigalia ahead of him. He's he's just the ultimate team guy. He never got down on himself. He never sulked. He trains incredibly hard. So I'd imagine, spoke to Charlie Cameron about him not long ago, and they just love his competitiveness, and he just turns up for work and puts the hard hat on every day. And it's great to see him getting an opportunity. And he... Uh, a lot of ruckmen can't do much as forwards, and and I think he's one who actually can just do enough as a forward to, to to say when you go there on match committee on a Wednesday and put the magnets up, you think you know what we can put him in a forward pocket and we can get a goal a game out of him. So it's good to see him getting his opportunity. That's they're the players that the clubs are they're in demand everywhere. Ruckmen that can go forward, yep. big forwards that can also do a bit of hit, pinch hitting in the ruck. That's what every club wants. That's why you saw in the mid-season draft last year, every big bloke in Australia that was available <laughs> got picked up, basically. I mean, that's the reality. Yeah. So, yeah, there'll be opportunities for Darcy up there, and every club seems to want to play two ruckmen at the moment. The other good story, of course, for Brisbane last night is just seeing Cam Rayner back out there. Look, quiet, 13 touches, two behinds, but he's someone that certainly I feel is going to build over the next month. So he's come off a full year of an yeah. okay though, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. You know, yeah. So he's a fair way he's ahead gonna of need hippie, time. I would have thought. But no, he'll be, he's going to be a good player, there's no doubt about that. So now they're, they're an exciting team, Brisbane. I mean, I saw a lot of people have seen them as, you know, put them down as the, the experts have put them down as, as the premiership fancies, and they should be. I mean, they're running out of excuses, Brisbane. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they've got all these number one draft picks and first round draft picks. Can't go they're out all, in straight sets again. No, they're all in a, in a good age bracket. They've recruited and, and brought in good players from other clubs. There's no real excuses left for them. Is there? I don't think. No, I agree. And I've got them making a grand final runners up to Melbourne. That was my crystal ball prediction yeah. on afl.com.au. But I think they'll be right up there again. They'll be around the top four for mine. I'm not as bullish on them as, as other people are, but they're very talented. Just still wondering those big games where they can really hold for the four quarters. That's my only only bit of a concern on on uh, on the Lions. JJ, uh, what about Mitch Robinson? Is he in trouble for his bump on Xavier Dersma? Obviously, Dersma didn't return to the field, injured his collarbone. It's a football action. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not sure about this one. Uh, yeah, this is a weird one. I, I I probably think he's in trouble as well. Here, I. I think I was one out against you two with the uh, Sam Draper one, but I think he's probably in trouble for this one as well. P- based 
largely on what happened to Dersmer, who subbed out of the game, and I believe he's he has uh, he's pretty much worse for wear. So I think Mitch might be in trouble there as well. Jeez, you're bloody wrong. Rubbing players out today, aren't we? Split second decision. <laughs> it's a really hard one. It could be a one week for careless high impact to the body. That is the first hour of crunch time done. And Dustin will be back after this with plenty more. Brought to you by Isuzu. Go your own way with the three litre Isuzu D Max and extraordinary seven seat MUX. Welcome to crunch time. Brought to you by the Isuzu D-Max. Born to live. Great to have your company on Crunch Time on this Sunday. We are coming to you live from the MCG and the Festival of Footy ahead of what is going to be a cracking game here at the home of football between Hawthorne and North Melbourne. Plenty of things to chat about. This is the pregame show for Thirsty Camel. Answer the Camel's Call, Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. Nat Edwards, Liam Pickering and Josh Jenkins with you. And JJ, gosh, there's plenty to talk about ahead of today's game. We will get to that in just a moment. But I want to wind the clock back to, to Wednesday night. We actually had a game, Melbourne and the Bulldogs, that grand final rematch. It seems like a lifetime ago. But your takeaway from, from that game? Uh, yeah, there was a game of footy, um, and uh, with everything that's happened, I guess, in the fallout, it's easy to forget there was a game of footy played. There was a grand final uh, rematch on uh, on Wednesday evening. Oh, look, I think the D's, we know they they want for nothing. They are they are they're just laden with talent from uh, from head to toe. They've got two powerful and versatile ruckmen in Max Gorn and Luke Jackson. Ben Brown, I think he can win the Coleman this year. He's going to get great opportunity. He looks fit. The back end of last year, you know, um, at about round 10 last year, he would have been thinking, God, what have I done here? I can't even get a game. And then he goes and, and plays a, a major part in them winning a premiership. So I think he'll just kick on this year. They just, yeah, that that, that midfield unit of, of Gorn slash Jackson. It's not just Gorn now. It's Gorn slash Jackson. I reckon they... They'd certainly think about, geez, we'd love to get Jackson in the middle more, but we've got the number one ruck in the game as well. Uh, Petrarca and Oliver, they are just an absolute, they are just a beast, that that uh, that trio. And then they've got their role players that run the wing. So Melbourne want for nothing. The dogs will be okay, but the loss of Josh Bruce, unless they can find a way to cover that, it's just way, way too much is going to be left on the shoulders of Aaron Norton and um, you know, we, I don't think we, we yet can expect too much from Jamara Eugle Hagen. No. He's just not ready yet. I think that's we can understand that and appreciate the fact that he's a young, whether he's ever going to be a key forward or whether he's going to be sort of that hybrid forward like a Lance Franklin, we're not sure. But um, until they find someone to, to, to be able to partner Norton, I think they've got, they're just going to be off those absolute elite teams. Yeah, I agree with that. And Aaron Norton certainly is such an exciting player, but he can't carry the load up there by himself. Look, we mentioned Hawthorne and North Melbourne here at the MCG. It is a perfect day for football, maybe slightly too hot if you're actually running out there on the field. But Chris Newman, assistant coach at the Hawks, has been good enough to join us on Crunch Time. Welcome to you, Chris. Hello, team. How are we? We're going well, thank you. Uh, how, how's the vibe amongst the group at round one? I'm sure everyone's excited. You've got a couple of debuts to, to look at today, but what's the feeling around the club and in the rooms at the moment? Yeah, a great feel. Um, round one footy and 
um, as you said before, beautiful day at the MCG. I'm sure uh, with a couple of boys that haven't played many games and some um, in their first game, it might have been a, a bit of a sleepless night last night, but hopefully they got enough rest to be able to have enough energy to, to perform today. But, um, yeah, really excitement. You, you do a lot of planning in the pre-season and you have some trial games, but, um, yeah, this is where the real action starts. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it certainly does. I know lots of Hawks fans are, are looking forward to seeing the likes of Josh Ward and Connor McDonald make their AFL debuts. Just talk us through what their pre-seasons have been like and what's impressed you the most. I, I saw some clips of uh, of Connor in particular in uh, one of the scratch matches. I think it was an intra-club and, geez, he looked impressive in parts and, and we all know what Josh Ward, um, what his credentials are coming at that pick seven in the draft. Just talk us through what's impressed you most about these two youngsters. Oh, well, football aside, I think um, the one thing that I've been really impressed with is that they're just both, um, you know, really good human beings and um, really good personalities to bring into the club. They're, um, they're, they've gone about it the right way. They're quite confident and they'll speak up when they need to and um, ask questions. Um, and the way they've trained has been has been outstanding for any young player that, that walks into a, an AFL environment. It can be quite daunting, but, you know, they both haven't looked out of place Um and quite often they're the ones that are that are after training doing some of the extras and um, trying to hone their craft. So yeah, they've both both been really impressive on and off the field. Both sort of playing different positions throughout the preseason, trying to find their their way. But um, the one thing that we we love about them off field is they're great um, great individuals and great kids. And um, on field, their their work rate is is something that that um, you know you need at AFL level. They, they both work hard. They both find the footy in their um, and they can both create for us at, at um, you know, playing different different positions. So um, impressive so far, and, and a lot a lot of growth ahead of them. Chris, good luck this afternoon. Josh Jenkins here. I um, I know it must be difficult with you know, losing Ben McAvoy and, and Luke Bruce, but you must be also thrilled with such a young team. You've got an incredibly young side going in today, but to get James Sicily and and Jack Gunston into the lineup that must give the group great confidence because. You know, Sicily, we know how good and how creative he is from the back half and Jack Gunston's resume speaks for itself. So it must be good to, whilst you do lose two, you do gain two as well. Yeah, spot on, Josh. It's, um, you know, I think this is the youngest team that we've we've fielded since 2005. So um, we've got um, around 14 or 15 players that um, are under the age of 23. And, and when you add some of that experience around them, um, like James Sicily and um, Jack Gunston, um, you know, that's only going to help these younger guys and, and the way they perform. So, um, you know, I think with any team, if you if you have a really solid mix of young, uh, of youth coming through and, and getting games in and, and experiencing what AFL football is like, um, when you mix that with some experience around them, it'll only um, hopefully fast-track their development. So uh, great for those two lads, um, Gunston and, and Sicily in particular, sort of had a long road and um, a lot of football spent on the sidelines. Um but they've they've had impact in in other ways with their, with their leadership and um, yeah it's it's great obviously on the uh, the defensive coach so it's it's good to see James back there and, and doing his thing um, and also Jack Ford will will provide a, a real target for us and um, his leadership as you mentioned before will be really really critical. He's going to be uh, thrust straight into the action, uh, Mr. Sicily, as well, because the <laughs> the Roos have picked a pretty a pretty tall side. We've got Coleman Jones 
Um, Larky, we know how good he is as a forward as well. So they're going to be they're going to be pretty tall across the board. The Roos up forward. So your tall defenders are going to have their work cut out for them. Yeah, definitely. That's one thing that um, will be a major strength of theirs. They're playing some some pretty good football early. Um, they've shown some um, the ability to move the, the football forward and um, quite quickly. And when they get an opportunity, particularly one v one with those tools, they're they're a real a real threat forward. So the aerial battle will be really important for us at, at both ends. I feel, and um, as I said, um, yeah, that the ability for the for the experience like James to to help some of the younger guys, perhaps like um, Granger Barris um, behind the footy, will be will be really important. But um, yeah, hopefully we we defend together as a as a team today and and uh, not leave too many one v ones. Sam Mitchell's first game officially in charge today. I'm sure there's a few nerves about, but he's probably mostly excited. Can you talk us through what and how he's gone about stamping his own mark on this side so far? Yeah, I'm sure he's pretty. He's pretty nervous. It's um, not not that you could tell uh, unless he's, he's got a pretty strong poker face. But um, <laughs> no, he, he's been outstanding throughout this preseason to to come into. Um, you know his first opportunity as a as a senior coach, and um, the way he's he's helped and and tried to develop not only the younger guys but but everyone on the list. And um, I think that's the most impressive thing. We've got a, a real environment of of development and and learning, um, not only for players but coaches as well. And I think the the thing that does help is some fresh faces that come into. Uh, the coaching panel and, and some fresh ideas with Robert Harvey, David Hale and Adrian Hickmott um, to be able to assist Sam and, and make him feel as comfortable as possible in his in his first role. But um, I'm really excited for him and, and um, hopefully we can help him out today. What are the expectations? I mean, I'm not sure if you set, you know, wins, losses, the pass market and all the like. Uh, hearing Jeffrey Kennett, the president, speaking a couple of times in the last few weeks, he's called for patience and Sam's done a similar thing. It's, I guess, a little bit of talk about a couple of years of pain for, for Hawks fans before this list gets, gets really going. What are the expectations internally? Yeah, well, premierships aren't built overnight and we, we understand that. We need to we need to get as many games into some of the, the younger players um, as possible. And um, we need to balance that out with, with earning the right to, to be able to play too. And, um, you know, as I said before, the youngest team since 2005, which is a, which is a great excitement. And hopefully the, the Hawks fans are excited by seeing some of the young talent on display today and, and in the future. Um, so, yeah, we, we certainly won't... Um, set any pass marks this year we, we just want to we want to try and really focus on on that development not only for the younger players but older players too feel still feel like there's a lot to learn in the game so um you know that 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 excitement hopefully filters through um the fans but but also filters through our playing group today and um hopefully showcase what we've tried to implement implement over the the pre-season for Hawks fans uh headed to the MCG might be listening to us right now what sort of a what sort of game style should we expect to see? What sort of things in the first 10 or 15 minutes of this round one clash, if you see these things happen, you'll know the Hawks are playing how they want to play? Yeah, well, I think with any, particularly round one, I think it gets, um, the heat comes on even more, but you, you could see some of the games that have been played so far, the teams that have been able to handle the pressure and um, be able to move the ball as, as quickly as possible forward are, are the teams that look like the 
the most potent to, to be able to score. So I think handling the pressure will be a big one, and not only handling the pressure, but, but inflicting some of that pressure on, onto the opposition. So um, that'll be our focus nice and early, just try and try and um, be on the front foot and, and invoke a, a fair bit of pressure on the opposition, as they will to us. But our ability to, to put pressure on and absorb it will be really, really important in this game. Will Day, one of my favourites to watch for the Hawks. Um, is he playing VFL for Box Hill? Is that right? He's obviously had that ankle issue. Where, where's he at? Yeah, he is playing his um, his first game today. So he's, he's playing um, yeah for Box Hill today. And he'll, he'll play, I'm not sure about his minutes. It probably won't be a full game time, but I'm sure there's enough minutes there to be able to get some, um, some match conditioning into him. Um, he's had a, a fairly interrupted pre-season, obviously, and... Um, left his run a little bit late to, to be able to put his hand up for this game. But, um, yeah, he's, he's obviously one of those younger players that um, we'd love to be able to get onto onto the field as much as possible. He, he provides um, a lot of poise with the footy and um, has showed some, some, some leadership qualities when he plays. So, um, yeah, we, we look forward to getting Will back. When that is, we're not too sure. But hopefully he gets through today unscathed and gets... Um, and gets a few touches under his belt and gets the right match conditioning in. Uh, former teammate of mine, Kyle Hardigan, settled in, obviously played at the Hawks last year, but he's just been a, a great addition for your group. He's not the flashiest guy getting around, and he he, he, he uh, misses a few eight-metre targets every every now and, the, and again, but he's uh, he's been a staunch defender. He always takes the... <laughs> takes the you won't be listening. He always takes the, <laughs> takes the number one defender. He must be thrilled with, with what he's brought to the club. Yeah, so Kyle's one of those players that, yeah, you're right, he, the, the biggest thing that he, he brings to the group is um, his ability to be able to just do his role. And, um, yeah, we don't expect the flashy things out of, out of Kyle. He, um, he's, a, he's a big brute of a lad and um, he's able to take some of the, the bigger players, you know, the Tom Hawken types of, of players um, in, uh, in the opposition team. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, he's not, he's not in the team today, but um, the, the amount of leadership that he brings... Um, our group um, and the, the amount of physicality that he shows is going to be really important for, for our group going forward. Tom Phillips named as an emergency today. Where's he at? Is there an area of his game that he sort of needs to work on to break into this side? It's, um, it's obviously a very young side, as we've mentioned a few times. Yeah, so this, Tom's had a, a pretty solid pre-season. We've been really happy with the way he's presented himself and um, one of the strengths that we, we knew with Tom is his running ability and certainly from day one he, he came back in good shape and he was um, he gave himself the best opportunity to have the, the best possible pre-season and um, you know, the, one of those problems with, in match committee where we, you know, there's a lot of players putting their hand up throughout that midfield and a lot of young talent so um, unfortunately um, didn't, didn't um, earn him a, the right to, to play in the starting 22 but he's, he's, right, on the, um, he's right on the verge of of playing with us, and um, yeah, he'll get that. He'll get that twenty-third opportunity. Hopefully, hopefully, there's no injuries, but he's uh, he's, he's right there about. Okay, no worries. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Crunch Time, and uh, best of luck for the game ahead. No worries. Thanks, guys. Chris Newman, their assistant coach at the Hawks, in charge of the back line there. I'm looking forward to this game, JJ. I, I actually think it's going to be a really good one because you think about North Melbourne as well and, and Jason Horn Francis. So much excitement mm. about seeing a number one draft pick get out there and, gee, he is a talent. Yeah, he certainly is. He's been uh, been lighting up the SNFL for South Adelaide for 
a year or so. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really... And now, it's a little bit foolish to make declarations in round one, but we, we did speak to Chris Newman. But I, I really think... I'd be really disappointed if, if North didn't win this game. I think they've got some threats ahead of the ball. Uh, the Hawks will really miss Bruce, and particularly McAvoy, the, the skipper. So... Yeah, I really um, so we'll talk about this game in depth a little bit more yeah. soon. But if some of their new players, Coleman Jones and um, and Horn Francis and Hugh Greenwood, can make an impact, I, I think I think this game's set beautifully up for for the Roos to uh, to get off to a nice start. Sorry to say, Nat. Nah, that's okay. I'm probably thinking that the Hawks might be uh, in for a world of pain for the next 12 months or so, Pickers. Well, I don't know, Nat. You're, you're about an hour away from getting your full nuff on. So <laughs> you get your Hawthorne. You're, she's waving it, but like Nat's waving at people as they walk past because she knows that's part of the nuff brigade that she's in. <laughs> that were your mates for sure. reserve seat. They're yep, in your yep, reserve seating yep, area. Right. There you are. We're ready to go. She's got her scarf here. She's all ready to roll. So... Oh, look, there's not much between these two teams, I wouldn't think. No. I mean, I've selected North Melbourne, you know, to put the tips in on Tuesday. So I. I went for North. <laughs> you didn't select North, surely. I don't know. I did. Did you really? Yeah, I've tipped Hawthorne for the wooden spoon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> JJ? Brutal. Um, interesting. Uh, now, we, we shouldn't make too much of who starts on the bench and, and those sorts of things in modern footy pickers, but Todd Goldstein, I think, is officially going to start on the bench. I think the official interchanges have come through, so a bit of a changing of the guard. I know Sammy Edmund was pretty strong, saying that Coleman Jones has come to North to be the number one ruckman, and they're very happy with the progress of uh, of Cherry as well, so Goldstein's going to start on the bench and might have to play forward a little bit more, so that'll be something to follow. Yeah, I, I've been noticing that. I, I'm not convinced. I think Goldie's a, a ruckman that can occasionally Agreed. go forward rather than the other way around it. Whereas I think Coleman might be the forward that can play occasionally in the ruck. So it'll Agreed. even itself out, I think, throughout the course of the season. But give him first crack. He's a new recruit. Show us what you can do. Uh, but they know they've got Goldie, and they know what Goldie can do. And he's, his last few years have been terrific. I want to go back to Thursday night. Carlton and Richmond. Carlton finally getting a win after what was like 11 games. That was the, the losing streak that they snapped against the Tigers. Um, really exciting game. Great to be back at the MCJ. Came down for that one. About 70,000 people. But the Blues, so much optimism. I think around some Blues fans, the lid is completely off. Oh, of course it is, yeah. Well, it's been a long time. It's been on for a long time. They had to get the welder out to get it off. But anyway, they were very good. <laughs> they were excellent. They really were. They, their midfield was just dominant. I haven't seen Richmond get owned out of the middle like that for a long, long time. And yeah, led by Cripps, but also Chera was really important. And then you look at the other guys in there. George Hewitt was good. Matty Kenley was excellent. So, gee, if they can keep that level of competitiveness in the middle of the ground, they're going to give themselves a chance because they did that without Harry Mackay and, and Charlie Kerner yeah. really getting rolling. So, I uh, like the pressure their forwards put on. Uh, and their defence, led by Weedering, is always going to be strong. So, I know that without uh, Liam Jones now, but McDonald didn't do a bad job. So, um, yeah, that'll be the area that they'll have to be still a little bit careful of, making sure they get enough numbers back to help out their defence. JJ, my question for you is the Tigers and their midfield, because the midfielders just didn't have the impact they would have liked to. Dustin Martin, 21 touches. Pickett, 18. Baker, 14. Trent Cotchin, 14 touches. Same with Shane Edwards. And then, of course, Dion Prestia goes off injured again. He's only played the 18 games in the last two seasons. Where do you see Richmond's midfield at the moment? And is the depth there? Um, well, they they lost Prestia mid-game or early in the game. Yeah. That's an enormous that loss because he's the one that's got great foot speed and great agility around the footy. He's got great speed and 
He's uh, got great quickness. So he, they're going to miss him. But the one they miss as well is Lambert because he's that... Yeah. We call him a role player, but he's better than a role player. He's a, he's a really damaging, hard-running player. He runs both ways. He sort of gets back and helps defend a lot. So until they get Prestia and Lambert back in the side, I think they're going to really be stretched around the footy. Cochin sort of looked like he tried to go to Cripps at different stages, and we know Cripps was dominant, so that probably didn't work. So, didn't yeah, work. they're going to be a bit of a... They're going to be a watch-this-space pickers, Richmond, because you can certainly make the case that... Their good players um, are heavily relied upon, and perhaps they're sort of on the downward slope. So you can certainly mount that case. Well, everyone mounted the case against Geelong, and I wouldn't be writing Richmond off by any stretch. I think they can bounce no, back. No. I, think, I think they'll bounce back next weekend. But, yeah, there were some issues around the ball, and, and Cochin going to Cripps when he did go to him, well, just what didn't work. Simple as that. I mean, Cripps dominated. So, oh, well, you know, he's an older player too, Cochin. But you're right, they need Bolton to really step up as a bona fide midfielder. You know, they need... I think you're probably spot on there with with Lambert, by the way. I, I do think he's an underrated player. I'm not sure he's been right up in their best and fairest voting a number of times, Kane Lambert. And where's he at at the moment? What's he injured? What's wrong with him? Uh, I can't remember what his injury is now. I think it's a long-term... I think he's got a long-term... Yeah, I'm not... I can't recall, but I'm hip? pretty sure he's got a long-term a injury. Yeah, I think, I think might he might be, be missing issue. half the year. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, ooh. Yep. They'll need to find someone then. That's where they need the Jack well, Graham types yeah, to stand up. Yeah, and Jack really. was probably not at his best, but it's round one. Then you've got Collier Dawkins waiting in the wings, Thompson Dow. They're the sort of next wave mm. that are coming through. I think but, I think they conceded. They actually conceded that um, I'm pretty sure Damien Hardwick said that, that Jack Graham was underdone and losing Prestia forced him to play a little bit more than they would have wanted to. So I guess there's the... We talk about round one. There's the pressure of players and, and teams wanting to get their guys up for round one. But sometimes you just sort of got to remember that round two is worth four points <laughs> just, as well. And maybe you're best off just waiting a week. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's amazing how much... I don't know about your luck, JJ, but I, I always found round one was the toughest game outside of the finals, personally. I, I just always felt everyone was so up and about and ready for it. And then the, the, the games get... Your body gets a bit more used to it after round. Round one is a real shock to the system when you wake up mm. on the next morning. After a big game. It really is. Because mm, yeah. the pressure's always on in round one. It doesn't matter who you play. But you yeah, always feel indeed. like you've played a real proper game of footy in uh, round one. The, the other thing that, that is a kind of hit them in the face is, so Jack Revolt's going to miss, yeah, let's call it two to four weeks. We don't really know. With that thumb, it can, sometimes they can bounce back quickly and, and more often than not, they sort of miss a month. But Coleman Jones and maybe your child leave because they can't get yeah. opportunity. And now they desperately would love one of those two guys to plug straight in there. So I know they've got a, a young, tall forward, Samson Ryan, who they're really, really high on. But, um, you know, it's hard to bring him in and expect him to play at the same level as Jack Revolt. So they've got some holes in the front half as well now through injury. Well, they certainly do. And, you know, they need to bounce back quickly. You know, the next week they need to beat. They need to beat the Giants next week. Simple as that. They don't want to be zipping two, as I said earlier. No, nah, because the pressure will be right on them. We can't talk about this game without talking about Sam Doherty because it is one of the best stories so far of 2022. He, you know, hadn't played since August. Twelve weeks of chemo after that secondary recurrence of testicular cancer. He's been through two ACL reconstructions, and that goal. It, it's going to be one of the most iconic moments of this year and and probably of his career really he was outstanding as the number one player on the ground he was very good he was he was excellent the other night it was great faith to that michael voss showed in him to bring him back after one yeah. one hit out which admittedly he did have 38 touches yeah. in that hit out in the, in the practice <laughs> match but the reality is he's, he's put him back in 
the way they did it, they took the pressure off him. They announced him earlier in the week. Yeah. Uh, I've seen some nice stuff on social media post-game as well. So, now nah, good on him. Good on Sam Doherty and good on Carlton and good on Michael Voss, for that matter. Speaking of other great stories this weekend and for Collingwood fans, it was a long wait for Nick Dacos to finally make his debut because they've been watching him for years and years <laughs> run around as an underager. But it was fantastic. 27 touches in his debut for the Pies. One more than his dad, Peter, had back in 1979. It was excellent. Yeah, he's a terrific player. He really is. He just looked at the level, doesn't he? He looked at the level every time he steps up. So, well, I think if you were book, putting a frame together for a rising star, I mean, you'd be putting him at the top of the tree, that's for sure. He's he's going to get plenty of opportunities. They're going to ease him off the halfback flank. They're going to put him around the ball, I reckon, as the year goes on as well. So, now I think uh, oh, we all know how talented he is. And, He's going to be one to, uh, one to watch for a number of years now. JJ, what did you make of the Pies game style? Mm, I, I liked what I saw from Collingwood. I was, I've been bullish on them. I know they sort of lost their way a little bit last year and Nathan Buckley was well, stepped down as coach. I've always really rated their game style. I, I think they're a skillful team. They've got a, a good group of players. They look a lot better when Jeremy Howe's in that side from the back half. He's really... He's just turned into such an elite interceptor. He's a very good kick. He's a very underrated kick. Uh, I like Crisp and, and Maynard back there. They've just a, they're just a really settled group, and I think I really think they could bounce back if they can if they can find some goals from excuse me sort out the situation whether it's Cox or Cameron work out who's who there. If Elliot can stay on the park, my check's just that great working. Uh, tall, sort of bullocking forward. I, I really like their chances, and Brody Grundy can bounce back as a as one of the top few rucks in the game. I, I, I think they can really jump up the ladder. The Pies. I really like what I saw the other night. Let's forget. Let's not forget Dugowie because Dugowie is a really, really critical player to that team. I see him a bit like Heaney as a forward that can go into the ball, yes. the ball a bit. I know he thinks he's a midfielder that can play forward. I think it's the other way around. I think he's a genuine forward. He knows where to go. Knows how to lead. Knows good. He's got good pattern, leading patterns. Got great, great sideways movement, lateral movement. But I reckon there's occasions where you throw him on the ball. But I would have him 80-20 forward mid. Yeah. All right. No, I'm with you there. It's Nat Edwards, Liam Pickering, and Josh Jenkins with you on Crunch Time on Sunday. Our experts today here for Buy My Stock. Got excess stock? Visit buymystock.com.au. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Crunch Time, brought to you by the Isuzu D-Max. Born to live. Hope you've been having a fabulous weekend. It is a beautiful day here at the MCG for Hawthorne and North Melbourne. A lot of excitement around as the fans are streaming into the MCG. I think we're going to get a good crowd here today, Pickers. Well, there is certainly people streaming in. It's a magnificent afternoon for football, so if you're in the area, you're going to see a good game of two pretty young teams, really. Uh, yeah, I reckon they'll get 30,000 to 30 yeah. to 40,000 there. They seem to be streaming in at the moment. We're sitting outside in the uh, in the caravan today in the outside broadcast van and people are coming from everywhere. Yeah, the festival of footies going on. It's uh, There's a really great buzz around Melbourne at the do moment. Re- do you reckon what, what people are, that were probably tossing up to go to the footy today, they've watched what's going on in these other games and they've thought, hang on a minute, 
I haven't seen my team in action for two years. Exactly. I'm going along. The MCG, it's a 110 game, perfect. Perfect conditions. I mean, not if you're playing, but for spectating, it's a beautiful day here, and there's nothing better than a Sunday Arvo at the MCG. Just put a pair of shorts on, put a bit of slap, a bit of sunscreen on. Be sun smart. And just enjoy the afternoon of footy. All right, our talk back is for Kogan Mobile. Make the call, switch to Kogan Mobile. Uh, we've actually got an update on the condition Ooh. of Jerry. Jeremy Cameron, obviously the Geelong superstar, and JJ gave us the scoop earlier on how he's going, being cleared of that internal damage, but this is a little update from Jezza himself. Okay. Hey, guys, just want to give you a quick little update. I'm doing well back here at the farm. I tell you what, have a look at this. Bloody beautiful. I just had to go through the necessary things to tick off, make sure there was no internal bleeding and stuff, but overall feeling great, and uh, I'll be here all day if you want me. So that was his Instagram. <laughs> what you couldn't see, obviously, uh, was a little fire that was going on in the in the background there. Where's the farm, JJ? Uh, I don't know. He's just purchased a new farm. He's been oh. in there all night, all day and all night, uh, renovating and pulling cupboards out and redoing uh, redoing the place. You would have thought, Pickers, the contract they gave him, he just would have bought the biggest and best farm <laughs> in the joint. But uh, oh, yeah, it looked like a te- looked like a ten gallon drum cut in half, and he's just stuck a bit of that kindling on it. But anyway, it's, the good news is he's he's okay. He's okay, and he'll be playing next week. So, which means that, as you're right, JJ, he's going to cop a bit of stick this week for going off to the sick pay with with, with bruises. <laughs> oh, oh he's got. You had 16 paramedics around him. He had, a, he had a police escort with the ambulance. And that's the beauty of footy clubs, because is the, the, the boys and the uh, there's full-time IT and computer superstars and wizards down there. They'll have him whizzed off in the, uh, in the ambulance by Monday morning's uh, team meeting. I can't wait. We had a bloke when I was playing at North. It was against Hawthorne here. And he went down and with what looked late in the game, in a really close game, Hawthorne North. He went down with a serious, serious injury. He was down on the ground for two goals. They kicked while he was down on the ground. Anyway, gets the training. He's fine. He's good as gold. I'm not going to name the player because he's a mate of mine. But Come got, on. Got tra- name and got, shame. Got the training on the, Monday, on the Tuesday night. And he said, the coach gets up and he says, look, I don't want to embarrass anyone. But we had a player that went down late in the game with nothing more than a bruised toe. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in tears. Because, yeah, we're not going to embarrass anyone. But everyone knows what he's talking about. He's sitting in the room. <laughs> what was his reaction? Oh, he's a bit embarrassed. Dig a hole. You just want the ground to suck you up in that situation. <laughs> With nothing more than a bruise <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, apart from the Hawthorne North Melbourne game here at the MCG, there are a couple of other games to round out round one. Adelaide and Fremantle at the Adelaide Oval. Obviously, Freo, no Nat Fife. Sean Darcy also not available mm. for round Jeez. one. But uh, Jordan Clark, Neil Erasmus and Will Brody to make Docker debuts. And a couple of debutants too, at the Adelaide Crows with Josh Rochelle and Jake Saliga, I am so excited to see Josh Rochelle play because big raps on him in last year's draft. He was the best small forward going around, and boy, can he celebrate it all. Well, he's a, yeah, he likes a bit of me, me, me about him. <laughs> he, I'll tell you that, but he, he is a, <laughs> he's a serious talent. Don't worry about that. He's a really talented and a real forward, too. A real forward. Yeah. So he'll. Uh, Oh, he'll excite the Crows. I mean, the big guy over there, big big Haggis, he doesn't miss too many. And he's had his eyes set on him for two years, I reckon, and, and they've recruited him, and he's going to play first up. Saligo's a good player too. So, no, it's exciting for the Crows. I reckon, I can't believe you. You have to put your tips in on Tuesday. I wouldn't, no chance I would have picked Fremantle to beat Adelaide if I'd have known that Darcy's not playing. Yeah, and, I know. And Fife. Jingo. And then Matt Crouch and, comes back in too, JJ. Uh, 
Yeah, and no Tabina as well, I think, for Frio. So yeah. that, what, Don't tell me. Don't you you tell can me. change your tips. Are you saying Maggie's out as well? <laughs> oh. They. You don't know who Maggie, Maggie Tabina is, do you? Adelaide absolutely <laughs> have to win this game. Absolute no, I don't, Liam. I've had to just keep going. <laughs> that that went Maggie. over our heads, I think, Jason. I'm young enough to be your son. <laughs> You've never, never heard of Maggie Tabina. Never. Okay. Anyway. Go on, um, move on. No, nah, but I mean, in all seriousness, I know Tex Walker's not playing, um, but Adelaide have to win this game. No, you know, Nat Fife, they're, they're absolute superstar. Sean Darcy is one of my favourite rucks in the AFL. He's not there, so Riley O'Brien should have his way in the centre. And and um, and no Tabano, who had a fantastic season last year, so they're going to be going to be struggling to to move the ball and to to kick goals. Frio, so. Yeah, and it's a very, very warm day over here. It'll be probably north of 30 degrees. So Adelaide should be up and about. They'll get a full house. They've been talking about silencing the siren. That's been their, cool. their theme Ooh. going into round one. So, um, yeah, and, and great, as you said, Nat, to get to see Matt Crouch back in All-Australian in 2017. Makes his first appearance. Uh, missed all of last year. So Adelaide should be uh, – should be. they'll be very disappointed if they don't win this game. And then yeah. you add Jordan Dawson to the mix yeah, as nice, well. Nice recruit, isn't he? Yeah, Jordan very Dawson. nice recruit. Uh, the Swans didn't want to lose him, but they, in the end they had to because he's a free agent. Hey, Pickers, Darcy Fogarty, is it is it time for him to really step up? Because Walker's going to miss the first three. Mm. I know he's young, but he's been exposed to about 40, 45 games thus far. To me, he looks like, oh, just is he a tweener? Like he's an in-betweener yeah. at the moment? Like, is it now and is it ready for, is it time for him to stand up and, and decide whether he will or won't be an AFL player? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, he's been in the system a while now. He's had plenty of opportunities. He's a bit of a bit part player, really, isn't he? He's a spasmodic sort of character. When he gets it, you're always confident he'll kick the goal. He just doesn't seem to get a lot of the ball. He's like an old-school full forward, though, He's like a smaller he? version of, of Jonathan Brown, but not as good. Yeah. Uh, mm. But a smaller version. He's just not quite that big sort of key forward. Um, but I like him. I, I do like him. I think when he's playing, they look a lot better, but they're going to need him to step up at some stage. And, and he's, he's got a bit a of um, mongrel, yeah, for yeah. want of a better word, but he's got a bit of that about him, yeah, which well, I really like. Yeah, he's got, to get, got some consistency. Get some consistency in his game. If he does, mm. well, that'll be really important for the Crows with Tex out. Mm. Where are you seeing the Crows this year, JJ? Bottom. Uh, low, yeah. I, I think they'll be... I know they what they seven win seven. Wins, yeah, yeah. seven fifteen last year. I know. I know the talk over here. Spending the last few days in Adelaide and had a coffee with uh, Barry Bickley, the Premiership skipper, the other day. I know they want to win about ten. Um, okay. I don't know if they'll. I don't know if they'll win more than what they won last year. I don't really see. They've got a lot of um, areas of the ground which I don't think that they've improved upon. They've got. You know, they need some of these first round picks. Chase Jones. McHenry, Fogarty, Fisher Mackesy can't get a game. Mm. They're the guys that need to catapult them up the ladder like we see with other teams. So, yeah, I just wonder, hopefully Rochelle's or Rochelle is one that certainly has an impact straight away, but you can only expect so much from a young player. So, uh, seven or eight wins, I don't think they'll win too many more. As long as they don't go backwards, though. That's not what you want. You want no. to move forward and take steps, even if you're around about the same mark. The bottom four for me, Yeah, with the Crows, I just don't. I think there's... They're going to be all right in a few years, but they're still a fair way off it, I think. The other club that could be bottom four for mine is West Coast, and they take on Gold Coast this afternoon. It's a 4.40pm fixture if you're in Perth, 7.40 if you are in Melbourne. And this is what 
uh, West Coast CEO Trevor Nisbet had to say on ABC Radio about West Coast's late Sunday games. Oh, absolutely, Clint. We've, one of the things that drives us mad are these, um, these late games on a Sunday. Uh, it's not just uh, our country members, but we're, we're very cognizant of our country members. And I've got a lot of mates uh, who are, are in the bush and telling us, look, we, we just can't get to the game. I hate that. I think it's a, it's not the right thing to do, uh, given that, you know, there, there would be people in Melbourne who don't realise how vast our state is and how many, how far people have to drive or, or fly to get here. And the other thing that, of course, is it's um, if it's a school day next day, it does make it extremely difficult for families to get along to the footy and get the kids home in time and ready for school the next day. So there's a number of things that we we push back on and uh, this time slot is is not ideal under any circumstance. What did you make of that, Pete? Gee, they can whinge. <laughs> they're the best yeah, out that, of They're the best in the league at it, aren't they? They are. Uh, they are <sighs> they, I totally agree. I, just, I mean, that's just... Oh, well, you've got a 4.40 game, Niz. You'll be right. You'll be right. They've got three in the first nine rounds, so that's where it's at. You know, it really drives them mad. It's not the worst time. It's not like it's 7.40 on telly over here. 4.40's not the worst time to be playing. <laughs> it's a great, I used to love the twilight to, the time slot as a player because it's almost the perfect amount of time to prepare. Night games, you sit around all day, particularly if you're in yep. a hotel and you're bored. You don't know what to do. You don't want to go out and exercise too much. And the and the twelve forty five the one fifteen games they sort of come up on you too quickly. I, I used to love. I don't know what the, they they whinged in the hub and it affected the way they played. They uh, yeah. I don't know what they're complaining about. To be honest, they're going to get a good crowd. It's a great stadium to play at. It'll be a beautiful day over there. It'll be nice and warm. Just just go out and win the game. Yeah. Well, they are worried that it is going to impact the crowd because I think at the moment it's fifty percent capacity for Optus Stadium, so they're at thirty thousand. They're hoping to get about. 25, but they're worried that these late games, and, and to be fair, as a fan, I hate the Twilight Sunday yeah, really? games. I, just, really? I never wanted to go to them. It's Sunday, it's the end of the weekend, I just want to chill out at home. The last thing I wanted to do is, is you know, make my way out to Marvel Stadium or something like that for, for a late afternoon game. So, from a fan's perspective, I don't love them. And you know the other thing is, Nizzy said... Uh, I don't think people in Melbourne know, you know, realise how vast the state is. No, we don't, because we haven't been able to get over there for about five <laughs> you years. You cut us off. We've been locked out. <laughs> we haven't been able to get over there. And a bloke day booing today, I'm at the meeting. <laughs> oh, I have, I have, I have many them. But on Zoom, we can't get into the, can't get into the state. Oh, it is ridiculous. <laughs> but speaking of West Coast, I mean, we do need to talk about the issues that they are facing right now. So Liam Ryan and Tim, Tim Kelly obviously out with health and safety protocols, but they're missing Luke Shuey, Jack Darling, Elliot Yo, Dom Sheet, Oscar Allen, Liam Duggan, Jamie Cribbs, and Alex Witherden. I mean, this is half their leadership group is actually out today, and, and they've lost Brad Shepherd. Yep. out of the out of the out of the uh, AFL. So, oh well, you look at those names. You put them back in the side. It's not a hope in hell of anyone selecting Gold Coast. But no. with, with them out, I mean, there's no other option. The alternative is, is you, you look mad if you pick the West Coast with the team they've got in. So, I do feel for them. And it's not their doing. It's not their fault that no. you know their, their, their uh, players have all got it now because they've opened up the state. But you know they've had all these guys with with COVID, and you know there's some issues over there. But 
Gee, if they can find a way to, to get a win today, that'll build some real momentum because this is not this won't be one anyone's expecting no. to win. And the pressure right on the Gold Coast Suns to get a win today and also to finally make a finals berth this year. All right, you're listening to Crunch Time. Thanks to Thirsty Camel Bottle Shops. We'll be back right after this. Hawthorne, North Melbourne, not far away. A sports news update for Rolled. Eat good with Rolled. It's fast, fresh Vietnamese. I'm Anna Pavlou, and this sports news update is brought to you by Rolled. Fast, fresh Vietnamese. The last time Lance Franklin played in front of an unrestricted crowd at the SCG, he kicked four goals in his 300th game back in 2019, and a repeat of that performance next Friday night against the Cats could spark another massive celebration. Franklin kicked just one goal in Sydney's 20-point opening round derby win over GWS yesterday, lifting his career haul to 996. Geelong have started their AFL season off in style, defeating Essendon by 66 points at the MCG yesterday. On debut for the Cats, Tyson Stengel kicked four. But the win may have come at a cost, with touted forward Jeremy Cameron sent to hospital with suspected broken ribs after a knock in the forward line. And there was carnage when the Brisbane Lions pulled off a thrilling victory over Port Adelaide last night by 11 points with the power left with serious injuries to Xavier Dersma and Trent McKenzie, while Brisbane's Dane Zorko was left wounded. Eat good with rolls. It's fast, fresh Vietnamese. Crunch time. Brought to you by Isuzu. Go your own way with the three-liter Isuzu D-Max and extraordinary seven-seat MUX. Enjoying Crunch Time Banter? Check out Dabble Banter channels and copy Crunch Time Bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Time now to catch up with Josh from Dabble. Josh, welcome to Sunday Crunch Time. G'day, Nat. How are you? Tell you what, round one, it's, uh, it's been interesting, hasn't it? There's been some really great performances, certainly uh, on the field for sure. Yeah, no, we're all excited to have uh, yeah. men's footy back for 2022. <laughs> it's been a really exciting time. So for those of us that haven't heard of Dabble before, what is it? Explain it to us. Yeah, so Dabble is a new betting app um, with a new experience for punters. So obviously you've got your standard markets in there as well, so you can do standard betting. But then if you can imagine Twitter and WhatsApp combined with betting, so when you jump on instead of seeing people uploading photos, what you're seeing is tipsters that know their stuff uploading their tips and their multis so you can just copy those bets straight away and uh, enjoy the, the fun. Oh, copy and paste job. I like it. Now, the Crunch Time <laughs> team have our very own profile on Dabble. That's right. How have we been going so far over the weekend and what do we have on today? Uh, well, unfortunately, the uh, pensioners from Geelong were too good. They uh, went over the <laughs> 1 to 39 yes, <laughs> margin there. Um, but, uh, yeah, and uh, GWS, unfortunately, losing to Sydney and Brisbane got up. So you got one one from three there. But today we're looking at Kangas over the Hawks. Three out of win, one to 39. And I think the safest bet, the Suns, to beat the Eagles. All right. Thank you, Josh. Thanks so much for joining us on Crunch Time. Josh from Dabble yeah, there. Come back with a better joke next week, Josh. No one, no one appreciated the pensioner call. I thought you were going to walk out just then. <laughs> well, we are not far away from the Hawthorne North Melbourne game here at the MCG. A 1-10 start, so about 20 minutes away. So we thought we might as well just 
do a little bit more of a deep dive on this game. I think we're all picking North Melbourne out of this one. Just I with can't the, believe you are, to be perfectly honest. Well, I mean, it's just the lack of experience. Like, Hawthorne have been, you know, hit by COVID in the last week. So Ben McAvoy, Luke Bruce out with the health and safety protocols. But it is the youngest Hawthorne team since 2005 when Buddy Roughhead and Lewis all made their debut. The average age, 23.9 years what I, what I am trying to looking forward to today is seeing Sicily back. I yeah. mean, Sicily is such an important player for the Hawks. Getting him back across half back, Granger Barras, I think is going to be a real player. I don't think the future's too. I think it's pretty bright for Hawthorne, to be honest. They've got some good young players in there. Looking forward to seeing Josh Ward, uh, JJ. He's a really smart player. He looks to me born to be an AFL player, to be honest. Um, and then North, of course. Uh, I think they're building quite nicely. I, I think this is probably going to be a seven seven or eight win season. But um, yeah, look, I'm probably leaning towards. North Melbourne today, or am in my selection. So, JJ, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I reckon I'm, I'm definitely with North today, and I think I'm probably with North. If you, if you made me choose which Ooh. club was going to be sort of higher up the ladder in two to three years, I think North as well. I, I just think they're a little bit better balanced. They've got a few um, key pillars, you know, Ben Mackay and Nick Larkey. I think are great pieces yeah. to have at either end of the ground. Both are still quite young. Um, I, I, I like the fact that they've identified the fact that Goldstein is probably declining and, and he's not far away from from finishing up. So they've recruited well. They're, they are really high on Cherry. So they might have a great ruck combination once Goldstein moves along. Horn Francis, who knows how good he can be. And I like a few of their recruits. You know, Hugh Greenwood's going to steady them up through the middle and kind of give them what they've what they haven't got in Ben Cunnington at the moment. So I think North will win today and I like them for the future as well. And what about Tyron Thomas? Because mm. he is a player that I just love to watch play footy. And I reckon, like this year, for him, breakout year. Yeah, I agree. I'm a massive Tyron Thomas fan. I just think, and so are the North supporters. Every North supporter I know are all waiting for exactly what you're talking about. Nat. And I think it will be this year. You know, he showed glimpses last year. Uh, Jai Simpkin took his name, going to another level yeah. last year. Davies Uniac was getting a lot more consistent. He's a very good player. Uh, so the two, the real X factors in the North, young brigade, really. I mean, I like Tom Powell too, by the way. But uh, uh, Horn Francis and yep. Taron Thomas, and they're they're thicker Steves, the two of them. They're besties. So I can see them, but coming along together, the two of them, and I think they're going to have a bright future North. And that's where you build your list, isn't it? And that's probably what Hawthorne haven't had those really top high end draft picks in the last few years. We've spoken about that at length, and that's probably what North Melbourne just have over them that will probably see them. I guess they have more short-term success in the next couple of yeah. years over Hawks. Well, North Melbourne, it was, it was their first ever number one pick, and they used it well. Yeah, Because well. this kid's been dominating for a year and a half at Sandford level, and that tells you that he's not going to be overawed by the big stage out here this afternoon, and I think he'll thrive in the, in the environment, to be honest. Um, now, I like the way North are building. It's one thing to have the picks. It's another thing to get them right. Yeah, I think North have got them right in the last few years. So, Josh, if you're Sam Mitchell, what do you want to see out of today? Well, whatever it is that they want to achieve, and we know, you know, we know all teams want to defend well behind the ball, and when they haven't got the ball, and they want to win the contested possession. So it'll probably be as simple as that for for Sam Mitchell. Uh, there's no, there's no need to to reinvent the wheel. You just got to go down, get down to business, and and implement and execute the game style. Be interesting to see whether you know Sam played in that successful era where the Hawks were super skillful, brilliant by kick. Um, they're able to just cut you up all over the ground with their short kick and mark game. So it'll be interesting to see whether that's a, a philosophy that he goes with or he sort of sticks with that 
take territory, win contest, take territory, win contest. Which uh, which way he falls in terms of how he wants his team to play? Well, going by the preseason, they're going to be attacking. There's yeah. no doubt about that. They're all duck no dinner in that game against Collingwood. Gee, they got opened up <laughs> badly the other way. Six quarters of football. They don't count. The, they don't worry about the last three quarters. They don't count. That <laughs> was the, the first three. that was the Collingwood yeah. reserves versus Hawthorne. Yeah. The first three quarters, it was twenty goals to four, yeah. and so they got opened up badly the other way. So, and Collingwood aren't, you know, Collingwood are not a bad side. I mean, I don't think anyone's got them in the top four. No. So. They'll want to have adjusted their defensive stuff, I reckon, for this round one counter because you can't be giving away goals as easy as they did in that game. And they were a little bit better in the game against uh, Richmond. They played Richmond, didn't they, in, that, yeah. the, in the community series? They yeah. were a bit better. Use um, the corridor a, a whole lot. A bit better. Um, but they haven't got the names. Look, they haven't got the players. It'll be good to see D- uh, Gunston back this afternoon because he's yeah. a really important player. But And I love the team when they've got Gunston and Bruce in the forward line. Obviously no Bruce today and no McAvoy. So North might have the advantage in the middle of the ground because I think they'll get a ruck dominance today. And then you get CJ running off half back again. I can't Exciting. wait to see what he can do in 2022 as well. He's another one that really excites a lot of Hawks fans Jeez, out well, there. Only a few more seconds till you can get your oh, oh, Very, very excited here at the MCG. This has been Sunday Crunch Time with Nat Edwards, Liam Pickering and Josh Jenkins. Thanks so much for joining us. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.